Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Better Living, a show about people and organizations that make an impact around Dallas-Fort Worth. Our first guest this morning is Mr. Bob Hopkins. As Bob is with the Scholarship Fund, now known as Scott Murray Scholarship Fund. Bob, how are you doing? Good morning. I'm doing great, Chris. Thanks for your call. Well, I'm so glad you're joining us, and I, I think it's very important for everybody to understand about the greatness of the scholarship fund and how it all began, because the scholarship fund is a great organization, a great group, um, and I think Hank started the whole thing a few years ago. Can you tell everybody the story, and then we'll talk about how Scott got involved? Okay, absolutely. Well, uh, yeah, Hank started it, I think, 20 years ago, approximately, something like that. Oh, by the way, Hank um, is Hank he, Allerman. He is the founder of the Scholarship Fund. He is. He's an attorney. And he just decided, he, actually, he's got a great story. He went into IHOP one day, and his waiter actually uh, told, he asked, he was very nosy. He asked the waiter, are you in school? The waiter said, no, I'd really like to, but I really can't afford it. And Scott and, and uh Hank left there that day thinking, you know what? I wish I had some money I would give this kid because I liked him so much, mm-hmm. and he seems to be so smart, and he has so much on, on his plate, but he could be going to school. But I need to give him some money. So anyway, Hank did start the scholarship fund with his own money. He got his friends to start giving, and over about 20 years, they gave a half a million dollars to needy kids who needed scholarships. Anyway, I wrote a book called Philanthropy Misunderstood, and Hank found it, and um, he bought it. I called him and said, you bought my book. Who are you? And he says, I need to talk to you, Bob. I need. I have a nonprofit. It's a scholarship fund, but we need to expand, and I need more money, and I need you know, a, a more, more effort. People like you could help me. So we met, and he asked me to be on the board of directors for the scholarship fund. And within a couple of months, I thought, you know, I need – to help raise some money for the scholarship fund. And I have been wanting to, Chris, for the last couple of years, thank Scott Murray for everything that he has done in Dallas and North Texas Mm -hmm. for the last 40 years. And I met him in 1987 when I was executive director of the Neurofibromatosis Foundation. Scott was the master of ceremonies of their first major event with the NFL alumni. And so uh, I listened to Scott that night, and I thought, you know what? This man is so sharp. He's so smart. Uh, he knows how to handle a crowd. He led a live auction, raising a couple hundred thousand dollars, et cetera, et cetera. And I called him the next day, and I said, 
Scott Murray, I need to know more about you. You are an amazing man. And so Scott and I became friends. I started a magazine called Philanthropy in Texas, and mm-hmm. Scott helped me do that. And he was he and Carol, his wife, were on the first or the second front cover of the magazine because of all that he has done for the community, et cetera, et cetera. Then I wrote a book, as you know, Philanthropy Misunderstood. Scott wrote the foreword to it. And then finally I just said, you know what? I need to do something significant. So now that I'm on the board of the scholarship fund, I think I need to recommend that we do an unsung hero honoring Scott Murray and bring his friends together because everybody in town wants to thank Scott Murray for everything Scott has done. Yes, Scott is amazing. Yeah. I know. And sure enough, Chris, I made a couple of calls. Jim Keyes was one, and and um, and then Sarah Martineau was another, and a couple more. And they said, yes, Bob, yes, Bob, yes, Bob. And so we put together in about three months um, an event for Scott, honoring him. And Scott wasn't easy for me to get a hold of and wanting to do this. You know, oh, he's he low-key. No, he is low-key. He doesn't want attention. He just hosts things. He likes to be involved and quietly do his part. Yeah, he gives so many awards to so many people. And people thank Scott, you know, quietly, but nobody has ever come together as a group like the whole city and whole all of North Texas and Fort Worth included to say, you know, Scott, thank you very much. So we created the Unsung Hero Award, and Scott finally said, okay, I'll do it if we will – have this be the inaugural one, which means that we're going to do it every year. And he said, I will do it, and I'll master ceremonies, the ones after this, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, one thing led to another. Hank got sick, and Hank realized that he needed to kind of take a lower key Mm -hmm. um, involvement in the scholarship fund. And so we came together and asked Scott Murray, Scott, would you take a hold of the scholarship fund? And we'll call it the Scott Murray Scholarship Fund. And after some conversations, Scott couldn't figure out how that was exactly going to work. But, Chris, it's worked. <laughs> we now have the Scott Murray Scholarship Fund. We did an amazing event on December the 3rd at Fair Park and brought in 250 of Scott's very good friends, raised $155,000 for scholarships, which I had no idea we were going to raise that much money. I said, okay, if we can raise 50000 this would be great. But you know what? Once people started jumping on board other people heard about it and they said you know what i gotta buy a table i gotta be a sponsor i gotta be there and and it sure and it was a full house and we got the five best chefs in town that scott <laughs> wanted and, and david holman and dean fairing kent raspin Sevy severinson richard chamberlain to all come up with wow wait a minute hold on you said that so fast my jaw dropped yeah. it wasn't just yeah. five of the those are the five best I know, I know, I know. I said, Scott, who would you like to do the food? Because I've asked for a fair park if somebody else could do the food or do the recipes. And they said, yes, that would be great. So I asked David Holden uh, to to um, do it, to be lead, the leader of it, because I knew him well from my days of NS, neuropharmatosis. And uh, David said, sure. And he said, who does Scott want? So I asked Scott, who do you want? I said, Scott, who are the three chefs you want? And he said, and he went to three, and he said, no, i got to add Richard Chamberlain. No, i got to add Seve Severinsen. And so we ended up with five. Just and absolutely amazing. But that's, that's the context that Scott Murray has over the last 40 years. I know. I know, exactly. 
And then Hunter Sullivan band. I know, I'm sure you probably have heard of Hunter Sullivan, have mm-hmm. you? Yes. Well, he's a big band player that Scott actually founded. He was a waiter at a restaurant, and Scott heard him play the piano and took me in, and I heard him play the piano, and we brought um, David Holden, I mean, um, we, we brought um, Hunter Sullivan to come in and do our first event. So I called Hunter and said, would you play? And he said, absolutely, I'll play. Do you have any money? And I said, no, we don't. It's a benefit. He said, okay, I'm going to do it because I love Scott Murray. So he brought the band in. And, Chris, it was an evening to remember forever. And everybody came to me afterwards and said, oh, my God, this has been fabulous. This has been wonderful. This has been wonderful. So anyway, tomorrow we're having our second board meeting for the Scott Murray Scholarship Fund. And we have a small board, but we're growing it. And we are going to nominate some key people who are good friends of Scott's that have name recognition in town. And um, we're going to have a major event called the Spring Celebration with Scott Murray at the Museum of Biblical Art on the 6th of April, which is about four weeks away. And um, that's where we're going to um, um, go on a campaign to hopefully raise another $50,000 so that we can give some $50,000 at least worth of scholarships in for the fall semester. This is so impressive. Again, this is the uh, Scott Murray Scholarship Fund, and it's all about supporting the large number of students who have the chance to follow their dreams into higher education, a better future for themselves and their communities. And, Bob, I want to talk about you just for a second here because you mentioned that you know you, you publish a magazine, uh, and also you publish Philanthropy World, but you've written the book, philanthropy misunderstood. So you're very familiar with the world of nonprofits, the 501c3s. And so you know the good ones, the bad ones, the ones that try hard, the ones that really can't get ahead. And this organization, for you to be a part of it, to leave what you were doing. By the way, you are also a professor. And I I know it's hard to toot your own horn, but you've taught at a (laughs) lot of places, not just in the state of Texas, but like all over the world, can you talk about yourself and how you became involved with the scholarship fund? Because again, you could have worked with any scholarship fund or any uh, philanthropic organization because you know the ins and outs. This is something you studied for years and, and talked about and had relationships with years with hundreds of them. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, Chris, I've been around for a while and I tell my, I tell my students, you know, are you I'm, saying I'm you're, a, are you saying you're an OG or an old head? <laughs> I'm, I'm just old. I'm just old. That's, I, I'm, I'm pleasantly mature. Yeah, pleasantly I mature. Students, I like that. I tell my students, I ask them to create a circle of influence. Who do you know? And they don't know very many people. And I say, well, I know a lot of people, but it's because I've been around for a long time. And so you need to create a circle of influence. And of course, in my circle, Scott Murray is definitely there because if I need something, I call Scott Murray. But Chris, my mother... Um, took me by the hand when I was five years old to give groceries away to a old in an old trailer to a family who had no money and no food when I was five years old. And when we left there, the children were waving at me and I was waving at them goodbye because when we walked in, they were very sad. When we left, they were very happy. And I just felt this hand on my shoulder and it said, Bobby, you did good today. Hmm. And anyway, I wasn't a good child necessarily so because I'm attention deficit, but when I did good things and I got the pats on the back, I just said, you know what? I think I need to be a philanthropist. I need to be doing good because it makes me a good boy. And my mother's 
gives me a pat on the back on a piece of candy. So that's what kind of started me, Chris. And I've just done a lot of things over the, my long career. Um, I'm a, I'm a f- professional fundraising executive, which means I'm, I'm a member of AFP, the Association for Fundraising Professionals. I'm a certified fundraising executive, and I've raised money for a lot of organizations in town. But when, um, you know, I, I got tired of doing that because I'm attention deficit, as I say, so I had to go on to something else, is when I realized I have a master's and could teach college. So I was offered an opportunity at UTA to teach business communication, and then they turned it into a philanthropy course, even though they didn't know what philanthropy meant at the time, you know, um, and this is a long time ago, but my boss called me and said, Bob, why are you teaching philanthropy? What is it? And I had to tell him it's the love of mankind and nonprofit organizations are businesses, and this is a business course, and instead of teaching about Chick-fil-A and Bank of America, hmm. I'm teaching about the Salvation Army and and uh, the American Heart Association. Exactly. And he goes, oh. Okay, okay. So anyway, I've been doing that, and so I've been introducing philanthropy to children um, and, and, um, and college students. And then we created a program called PAVE, Philanthropy and Volunteerism in Entrepreneurship for Kids, starting at 10 years old. And we have realized that when somebody learns philanthropy, and we think it's a learned behavior, that their self-esteem goes up. And when their self-esteem goes up, they make different choices about their lives. Yes. And because 33% of kids in Fort Worth and Dallas go to bed hungry every night because poverty is rampant in in America. But we have our sections of town that are very impoverished, as you know, I'm yes, sure. we do. And, um, and sometimes, decided, it's, sometimes it's in middle-class neighborhoods where you don't even know their next-door neighbor does not have certain things like food or they can, they're living check to check. Yeah. And Chris, I don't know what's going on right now with the pandemic and all the people who've lost jobs, et cetera, et cetera. But in the meantime, there's people who are flourishing as well. There are people who are making a lot of money, and, of course, many of those are Scott's friends who are able to mm-hmm. let go of $50,000 or $20,000 to buy a table at Scott's event, and so we can provide more scholarships. So I do think that the upper-middle-class people who have money are now realizing that they got to help. They gotta, they've got to be a philanthropist, and we are a philanthropy town. Um, when I came to town in 1984, the streets were laden with gold, Chris. You remember those days? Oh, yeah. In the early 80s. Mm-hmm. But we've been up and down and up and down over the years. And we've, we've, we're such a great city because we have the greatest arch district. And those are all nonprofit organizations. I'm connected with the Bruce Wood Dance Company, for instance. I, I love that organization. Uh, Gail Halpern, who runs it, is an amazing person. But um, I've just been around for a while, Chris, doing this kind of thing. And here's why and how I get involved with things. And this is when people ask, why do, how do you choose? I just choose what comes to me. You know, I go into on my front porch and I say, God, take me. Somebody come and get me. I'm ready to give. And if I'm not giving or I'm not part of something, for some reason, I don't feel like a good person. I just am one of those persons that's got to be busy and I always say a busy person is the one you need to go to because they're the ones that are going to make things happen. And um, those people who are not involved in anything, there's a reason. And it's probably because they aren't a great leader or it's probably yeah. because they don't know how to make things happen. Right. You know? Right. I, I like your philosophy about the circle of influence as well. And I mentioned that, you know, you're a professor and you toured all over the world, including Mexico, India, China. Nepal, South and Central America, Bangladesh, 
and you've done all these different things. And like I said, you know the philanthropic world inside out, but you were also before, you know, you started working with the scholarship fund, now known as the Scott Murray Scholarship Fund. You were involved in the executive director of the Texas Neurofibromyalgia Foundation. Can you describe what that is? Because I can barely say it. Right. Well, I wasn't hunting for anything. I, I got a call. I was at the Shelton School when I came here to town as the exec, as the director of development, raised the money. Do you know the Shelton School, Chris? No, I'm not familiar with it. Well, it's the largest school in the world now uh, for children who have dyslexia and attention deficit disorder. Okay. So anyway, I joined with them when they kind of first started way back when. And, um, and then I got a call from a dad who said, I've got to, I need to have lunch with you. I've heard about your fundraising. We need a fundraiser in our organization. My daughter has a disease called neurofibromatosis. Mm-hmm. So I went to lunch with Mark Wagner and his daughter, Elizabeth. And Elizabeth was five years old. And she had a big tumor on her chin and this beautiful blue eyes. And Mark says she has a disease called NS. And he says it used to be called elephant man's disease, but it's oh, not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we don't say that word anymore because mm-hmm. we don't want mothers to have children with NF ever thinking that people think they have a child who has elephant man's disease. So anyway, don't, we don't say that anymore. But anyway, right. NF. after the lunch, NF. NF. Okay. So after the luncheon, I said, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take this organization and be the executive director because of Elizabeth. And she was five then. Uh, Chris, I was with them for eight years, developed them. We found the gene now that causes the problem. And unfortunately, Elizabeth did die at 22 years old from the disease. But I was there eight years. And that's where I met David Holden and Scott Murray. And so David Holman and Scott Murray and I started dining out in Dallas, which has been going on for 25 years now. And Scott is still the master of ceremonies. And David Holman is still the, the head chef of that organization. That Amazing. Raises, you know, quarter million dollars, I think, for in that neuropharmatosis research every year. Mm-hmm. So that's how I got involved in, in that. And then finally I felt, Chris, that like I had done, done all that I could. And I decided to move on, and that's when I started the magazine, Philanthropy in Texas and Philanthropy World. I did 75 issues of that over a 12-year period and um, featured people in it who were philanthropists. Mm -hmm. And people didn't know what philanthropy was in the 90s. Very many of them, some of them would say, you know, what is it? What is it? And would somebody say, you need to change the name. Philanthropy is too hard. Well, it's now, it's now a household word, and yes. I think the magazine had something to do with that. And when you and if, and if you read the Dallas Morning News and all these society papers, you know they talk about people being philanthropists now. So it's not so uncommon to be called one, but there's still a lot of people out there who want to do something, Chris, but they just don't know what to do. And um, so ho- hopefully through this conversation I'm having with you, people will want to call me or call you and say, you know, I want to get involved in something or call Scott Murray because Scott Murray is involved with so many things. He's on 19 boards of directors in Dallas. And that, one of the reasons is, is because this man can't say no. Exactly. He, he's a, he's a very willing person. And again, he's given back so many times over the years and his heart has always been in the right place. We're talking with Bob Hopkins. He's the executive director of the Scott Murray 
Scholarship Fund, formerly known as the Scholarship Fund. And again, I like the fact that you talk about philanthropy and there's so many people, once they get a certain you know amount of wealth, they do like to give back. And again, they don't know where all they can give or where to send the funds to that actually reach the people to make a difference. And that's why I really like doing this show, Better Living, because we recognize different organizations and different people making an impact. And a lot of these 501c3s are doing these things, and so are the philanthropists. And and so let's get back to the scholarship fund again. Again, you mentioned okay. Hank Alderman started the organization, and he's been doing he He did it a long, long time, and he's handed the baton to Scott. Can you talk some more about the scholarship fund and how the Scott Murray Scholarship Fund has changed so many kids' lives and how anyone who might want to be involved with it can get involved with it other than maybe attending one of the dinners? Well, um, what, you know, what, what's amazing is I, because I teach um, college, mm-hmm. I know this, the challenges that students have finding the funds to go to UTA, which costs $30,000 a year. I mean, where are you going to get $30,000? Exactly. Unless you're upper middle class, unless you get a scholarship. And unfortunately, or fortunately, most of the scholarships are academic scholarships. Very few of them are for need only or mainly. Now, you did leave out one other form. I have to bring this up because I also talk about sports for a living. There are athletic scholarships. And some people confuse athletic scholarships and academic scholarships as just a free ride. When, when you're, what you're bringing up is what's the most important part, where there's so many kids out of high school who want to further their education, and they just don't have the funds. That's right. And most kids don't have the funds to go Correct. to college. Um, and especially a four-year college, you know, so they end up in junior colleges, which is community colleges, where I also teach. I teach for Tarrant County Community College. I teach for Dallas Community College. I've taught for Collin College. I'm, I'm an adjunct, which means I kind of go, Chris, wherever they tell me to go. Sure. You know, so I'm, we have three counties here. So I have access to a lot of colleges that I can teach in. But um, UTA, by the way, is getting ready to start a degree in philanthropy, partially because of my influence there. Excellent. And so starting... Starting in the fall, you can actually uh, get a degree in philanthropy, which is kind of which is very cool. But um, Scott, this is, wasn't my idea. This is all Hank Alterman. He says there are so many kids in need, like the waiter at IHOP, where he was having breakfast, and he said they have to have a 2.5, which means they do have to have a C plus or a B minus average from high school in order to be qualified. That's that's normal. But they don't have to have a 3.9 or 3.8 yeah. like many of them do to go to UT or to go to Texas A&M or places like that. So it truly is need. And you know what, Chris, when we interview students, we don't just interview the kid. We interview the family because mm-hmm. we want mom and dad or mom, many times just a mom, um, to be on, on, the, on the interview with us. Right, to be so engaged can, in the process. To be engaged in the process, exactly. And then we give them uh, the kids a mentor. So I was the mentor of a kid who went to Baylor last last semester, for instance. And, um, you know, I didn't do much for him. I didn't feel, but he, I was somebody that he could call. He never had a father. And so I was kind of like an, another person that he could call if he needed some help and, or needed some extra money or something like that. And I even drove to Baylor to see him one weekend and took him to lunch with some friends of mine in Baylor. I mean, at... Um, 
in Waco. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, you get a you get a mentor with this opportunity, and we only have about 15 students right now that are on scholarships, but we haven't really given any scholarships away since Scott Murray's been involved. So now in August, we hope to give at least $50,000 with the scholarships to more than 15 kids. Uh, and it may be just one or 2000 or $3,000 to go to community college. But if it's to go to Baylor, to go to UTA, we have never given anything more than three or 4000 But now this, we have an opportunity to give more money since it costs thirty or $35,000 to go to Baylor. We might be able to give a $10,000 scholarship. And now we're hunting for in the community people who will match that so that the kid can get $20,000 for having good grades, but not necessarily a 4.0 and won't be, and, you know, and probably will have a job on the side as well, because most kids oh, yeah. who don't have anything, have to have a job. Exactly. And, can you, and since you're your professor, I want you just to reiterate again, those who don't understand the dynamic of education, when you educate those who want to be educated, even if they don't want it, but those who need some education. When you educate as many people as you can, they can wind up doing for themselves and then passing it along or paying it forward. Am I wrong? Oh, you're absolutely right. You know, and so many of my community college kids, of course, they're the first person in their family or gender in their, right. their whole family who's ever gone to college. Right. And, um, you know, what what I am able to give them is hope, number one. And number two, now I can tell my students I have a scholarship. And there's so many students' eyes light up like, oh, my God, a scholarship. You mean I could qualify for a scholarship? And so I've got a group of my students lined up to, to actually – and I'm and I, because I because I know them, you know they have to have three references. I can be one of their references. I because I'm executive director of the scholarship fund. I am not on the committee to choose. So therefore, I just recommend people kids to come, and we have an we actually have a committee right that is involved, and they review it all. And, um, to review it all and and speak with the family and mm-hmm. and get feedback, and then we and then I just listen as they are talking about each of the students. And especially if they're my students, which a couple of my students will be there. I won't participate in the discussion necessarily so, but I will have already written a recommendation of what I think the qualifications of that student are. Can you talk about how many students and lives you guys have impacted over the years? Well, Hank, if he's given away a half a million dollars in twelve in 20 years, has impacted families. Um, We have a newsletter coming out, and we are actually highlighting a family of six kids, and four of them have received scholarships. That's amazing. And and this is like five or six, seven years ago that they started, and so it's a history of what's happened to them since. And it's amazing what kind of jobs they have, what kind of degrees they got, um, you know, what kind of impact they have made, what kind of families that they are now creating. And they're not, you know, and they have a college degree, and it's and it's really cool. We have some at UT. We have a couple at UTA. Well, we have one at Baylor, um, but we have um, several that want to go to TCU, which is in Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's an expensive school, but they're qualified. And number two is they're now eligible to get some of our scholarship money. So tell us as uh, we wrap it up, and we've got time here, but. Uh, tell everyone how they can become a part of the Scott Murray Scholarship Fund, whether as a volunteer, whether they want to partner, whether they want to attend some of the events, whether they want to uh, 
you know, be part of the crew that fundraises. Right. Well, you have mentioned the organization so many times that if somebody doesn't understand where they can go, <laughs> they haven't been listening. It's the Scott <laughs> Scott Murray Scholarship Fund dot org. O R G. Just that and simple. Org, yeah, and org means a nonprofit organization, which we are. We're a five hundred one c three, and that way you can sign up to volunteer, you can sign up to give, you can sign up for a scholarship. So all three things are have an opportunity there, and then we will get back with you and discuss what it is that you want to do. We're hunting for board members that uh, people who want to be part of it, and we definitely are hunting for people who want to donate a scholarship. And they can match a scholarship of 5000 or $10,000, or they can give $100 towards a scholarship with several others, you know, which will be part of the pot that we will draw from in order to make kids' dreams come alive. I was thinking about this because you've written a book about philanthropy. Is there a network of people? We mentioned Scott's network and your network because you've known so many different people in the Dallas-Fort Worth area for years. Is there like a network of contributors or partners that you go back to, or do you kind of mix it up a little bit? I'm just trying to figure out some of the art of giving. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, in the philanthropy is divided into six different topics. First one is churches. Mm-hmm. Anybody in religions and churches, every church is involved in philanthropy in one way or another. They give back to the community somehow. That's what a church is all about. Number two is education. You know, all the schools and all the organizations that have to do with educating kids and people, that's the second category. The third category is health, hospitals, diseases, all that. Fourth one is social services, and that has to do with domestic violence and alcoholism and all that kind of stuff. The fifth one are the arts. And that's dancing, singing, museums, et cetera. And then the last one is the planet. And as you know, it's a big one right now that's yeah. increasing a lot because a lot of people care about what's happening to this planet of ours and what we're doing to it, polluting the air and the, and the land. So those are the six different categories. And it's amazing. I asked um, Dolores Barzun, who's very famous in town for giving money to education, and she says, you know what, when you start giving money to education, it's very hard for you to get out of giving money to other, in other organizations. So there's groups of people that are involved in the education, philanthropy business, in the arts. Dee Dee Rose is one of the people who's an arts patron, and Dee Dee says, I give to the arts, I give to the arts, I give to the arts. So when people get involved in one of those areas, mm-hmm. then there become clusters of people who just happen to be together and see each other all the time. But we do have the Association for Fundraising Professionals, AFP. And AFP are all the nonprofit organizations in town that want to gather together. And so we meet once a month with a speaker, and it's a time when you can really network with other organizations, at least their fundraising executives in those organizations. Mm -hmm. And so it's AFP, and if you go into afpdallas.org, you will be able to find out when the next meeting is, and you could attend that and learn more about the nonprofit sector. So there's some ideas there. But, you know, Rotary Club, Kiwanis Club, Lions Club, all those organizations are service organizations that give to community. And so if you want to be a service person, then you join one of those organizations, men or women. They all Mm -hmm. take men and women now. It's not a man's organization or a woman's organization anymore. 
unless you go to junior league. And junior league is still a women's organization, mm-hmm. obviously. So, Bob, you are but, a wealth of information. Bob Hopkins, he's a philanthropist, author, social entrepreneur community volunteer and college professor, and of course, (laughs) the executive director of the Scott Murray Scholarship Fund. Bob, we have got to check back in with you again real soon to see how things are going for you guys this year. Uh, Mention again the upcoming event in April. Greg, Chris, would you come? Would you come on April the 6th? I mean, April the 7th, April the 7th, which is a Thursday night. I sure would. Um, As long as it's not conflicting with my Mavericks games that I have to do the MC in for. (laughs) <laughs> oh, wow, 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 wow. We don't want to do that, no. Um, it's a Thursday evening. It's from 5.30 to 7.30 at the Museum of Biblical Art. And, you know, to get to me and it, I can't, would you mind giving my telephone number? Go right ahead if you'd like to put this on the broadcast airways. 214-502-0306. And the reservation line comes to me anyway. So you would find me in our flyer. You would find me on our website and my telephone numbers there, all three places. And um, I will take your name and your number. I'll give you more information of how to get there, et cetera, et cetera. I like talking to everybody personally about what they're, who they are, what they're all about, because, Chris, God brings people to me that are supposed to have this opportunity. There's no question. And um, I'm there and I'm transparent, and I would love, love to help people become more involved in philanthropy, and especially the Scott Murray Scholarship Fund.org. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And joining us right now is the manager of the Dallas Police Department Community Engagement Operation, um, former sergeant, 
Robert Munoz. How you doing, Robert? I'm doing all right, Chris. Thank you again for uh, uh, letting me join in today. Okay, so let me let me just go ahead and pull back the curtain. You and I have been knowing each other almost 20 years, and it's so good to hear from you and what you guys just did. This has been such a great occasion. I've worked with you guys before on different projects, but what you did on Friday with a little kid named DJ Daniel, can you talk about his swearing-in ceremony? Because this touched a lot of hearts, not only with the Dallas Police Department, not only with his community, but across the state of Texas. That is true, Chris. And and, and I, I need to go back how we connected with uh, little DJ. Yeah. Uh, we, were, we were invited uh, in San Antonio to be part of their ceremony because, you know, we got word, hey, they're honoring this young this young boy, vibrant, energetic, as an honorary police officer in, uh, throughout the state of Texas. So we got invited back in early February, me, Major Quigg, and Angela Shaw, and we wanted to be part of this journey. And uh, we got invited, and, and we saw not only the, the show support of law enforcement throughout North Texas, but, you know, and then, I mean, he traveled through Houston, through, I mean, Houston, through Victoria, and I said, you know what, Dallas is. We gotta bring him. We gotta bring him back to our house. You know, we gotta bring him back to our backyard, that Big D. And and we uh, immediately when we met him the first time, we connected. He, I, I can't tell you how he described it, but it's uh, very. It was very. Uh, it opened my soul. I mean, he touched my soul to say the least. Um, he's very vibrant. Like I said, very vibrant, very energetic. You know what? You know what he's like? Let's go ahead and spend a little time talking about DJ Daniel. For those who don't know the whole story, he is a 10-year-old cancer patient, and he's straight from the hood, and he reminds me a lot of that TV show, Different Strokes, the star of it, Gary Coleman. He's got that personality. (laughs) What you talking about, Willis? What you talking about, Willis? I mean, he he is a firecracker, and I think everybody who ever meets him He's always giving big hugs, especially to all the ladies, all the all the the police officers, all the sergeants, all the uh, different officials. I mean, he was he's something special. And I guess he's been touching so many lives, and that's why people want to do so much for him. Exactly, and and and, and like I said, it, despite his illness or you know his terminal ill, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he's fighting this cancer, but he's bringing awareness. Throughout the state of Texas, and I'm and I'm guessing all even throughout the country, that this man, this young boy, is an ambassador. And despite yes. his challenges, he is an ambassador and 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 speaking volumes about, hey, I'm not I'm not giving up. I'm going to continue living my life. Uh, I, I I you know my 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 dream was to be a law enforcement officer, and he fulfilled that dream. You know, he, his goal was to bring just a hundred, right? North Texas or law enforcement agencies. Right. Well, today was is three hundred. Today was three hundred. Today, so I'm glad we were part of that experience and that journey to be, uh, you know, to bringing him in, host him here in our house at you, St. Luke, and we're so we're blessed to have that. This was so amazing. We're going to pull the curtain back and tell everybody how you were able to pull this thing together. All I know is a few weeks ago you gave me a call one night, and you had Officer Quig with you. Yeah, Quig is also. Talk about the best guys to run the community engagement operations for the Dallas Police Department. You two are absolutely the best, and you've been around for so many years. Everybody knows both of you guys so well. So you call me on the phone, and you say, Chris, can you emcee this event? We want to have a mass swearing-in ceremony 
for this little kid named DJ Daniel. And then the next thing I know, you've got over 30 agencies. I think it was 31 agencies, 70 officers from all over North Texas. Please tell us whose idea it was and just step by step how this came together because this was absolutely amazing. And this was held at St. Luke's Community Church. It was just, and and Pastor Richie Butler, I mean, this was just so amazing. So it's funny that you say that because we had called you when we had left San Antonio. We were actually calling you on the way back to North Texas. Yeah, you were driving in the squad car. We were like, you know what, we were were already, me and Leroy were, you know, we got to, let me go back. Me and Leroy know we go back almost 30 years. We worked in the gang unit together, 15, 16 plus in the gang unit. Uh, and then, but me and Leroy always had that passion, that drive to serve the community. Uh, I, again, you know, I retired from the, as a sergeant in 2019. Leroy continued his, his vision and, and his dream about serving the community. And now that's why he's running the community engagement unit. So that's how we got the idea from going to San Antonio. But we on the way home on 35 going north, we started strategizing. Chris, I kid you not. And that's why you were one of the first ones that we call Chris. This is what we want to do. We want to bring this kid and host him here in Dallas. This kid is is an ambassador for other young kids that are are that are fighting cancer. He wants to bring a, a, can, a cancer awareness to the kids, and and like I said, and and show a, solid, a solidarity from other law enforcement, our faith based components. People say, you know what? We have the buy-in because, like I said, he this young man humanized the badge, and he's helping us foster relations within the community. Yeah. You know? From all different, from you know, from all different diversities, and we can't thank him enough for that. I mean, it's 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 great that he because he's got that passion. He's just a little kid, but he's always wanted to be a police officer. And again, he represents where you want to go, where you want to have engagement with all the police officers in the different communities, knowing the people of their communities. And so how did you get a hold of 31 different police agencies? And you, I know you can't probably remember all 31 of them, but you even had the FBI and the DEA there. <laughs> you, you saw that. Yeah, it was the FBI. Well, like I said, we, you know, it's, it's all about the social media. You know, we hit social media. Uh, you know, we do, you know, we do, you know, we utilize those type of resources, those tools. And, you know, we, we got with our media relations team. We already had personal connections with a lot of agencies in North Texas. And a lot of people already knew it, and and like I said, we started pushing out the uh, the uh, the uh, invitations. Uh, we explained briefly on, on what we we're doing, and and a lot of people were already following the story, uh, Chris. Even before we started, you know, finalizing the event, right? So mm-hmm. everybody was already following uh, following DJ story throughout throughout Texas, and that was the buy-in. And like I said, you know. Arlington was there, like, you know, Arlington, Tarrant County, uh, Fort Worth, um, you know, DIC was there, um, you know, and then, like I said, you mentioned DEA and the FBI was there, and, you know, but it was North Texas representation. It was amazing from Wiley to Mansfield to, you just name every community, Denton, everybody was represented, Mm -hmm. and they brought proclamations, they brought badges, they brought just name some of the things that they brought for him as they they all gathered for his mass swearing in. Yes, and and that was and uh, yeah, and like I said, this is uh, again, this is just shows uh, the show support of our like I said, our brothers in blues and and and, and sisters that hey, we we work together as as one community, and and 
And like I said, the Chiefs had to buy in. Uh, Chief Martinez, the council members, you know, obviously they did the proclamation for him. So that shows the support of the city, and that speaks volumes of our city. Because I think, honestly, I don't want to be biased. In terms of hosting community engagement events, I think we set the bar. Uh, we have an amazing leadership. We have an amazing chief that's very progressive. Mm-hmm. Our community affairs is very important, and that's what helps us get gauge this event perfectly with, you know, there might be some hiccups, but overall we're pleased with the end result today. How uh, did, like I said, yes, sir. How did you get uh, uh, St. Luke's and uh, Pastor Richard Butler involved? Because he's, he's a whirlwind himself. Oh, he's an amazing God. guy. You know what? You know, I know, I know Pastor Richard Butler since, since the, the July 7, 2016, um, you know, remember when we had that incident? Dallas Strong, uh, that's right. Dallas, Dallas Strong, when they had the parade and the shootings. We, that's what we first connected when the, after the ambush that happened in July 27, or July 2016. We connected with Project Unity, um, and they, they coordinated a Together We, Together we Heal at, Amer- at AAC, and that's what we first partnered up with Pastor Richie Baller and his amazing team of Project Unity. And and I've been with him ever since. You know, we, we we can't thank him enough for his leadership, for his faith-based component to help us spread that positive message uh, about serving God and truthfully and through law, law enforcement. Uh, I'm, I'm part of the together, you know, I'm still part of the board with Project Unity. Sure. We do a lot of, the, we do a lot of community engagement events, or should we say we break bread and have those conversations about race relations within the law enforcement community and the community. And it's important that we continue those efforts because that's going to help us build and, and learn from each other from those type of conversations. You know what? I think that whole occasion was so outstanding because you had so many different kinds of people involved. And I, I, I go back to uh, DJ himself and his, his dad spoke, uh, Theo. And could yeah. you talk about Theo and his background? Because he was very impactful and passionate when he talked about how communities need to support the police and how you were, like I said, you were part of the gang unit uh, forever and yeah. about how he wishes that, you know, there weren't gangs out there. And if there were gangs out there, how there, there can be things that can happen that gangs aren't as influential over the kids as, as much as the police officers or maybe uh, other people, other adults can be. Can you talk about Theo, Daniel, and his message and, and a little bit about him? Because, again, if you saw Theo, you could tell either he was a member of the service or he'd been on those mean streets for a while, but he was a very, very sincere and passionate guy. That, and that is true. Uh, I, I believe he's serving in the military, Chris, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, and, and, and like I said, he's been traveling with his boys. Mm-hmm. Throughout the state of Texas, uh, like I said, promoting and educating awareness or promoting awareness about cancer. Um, the man is a heart. Uh, I mean, he's so he's very he speaks from he speaks from the heart. He he supports law enforcement. Uh, he he's seen he's seen gang issues, and not only in Houston, but you know he's heard about it in Dallas. So again, we need that type of community uh, involvement to sh- spread the message out to the community. Uh, again. We can't, you know, he's, again, he's an amazing man traveling with his three boys. And it just shows that he's very sincere about bringing not only uh, change, changing the, 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 the rhetoric, if you will, right? Changing the yes. message about, hey, we need to change the rhetoric, the messaging about 
law enforcement is not good or, you know, we, we, we sure we're having our issues, but those are the type of ambassadors that assist, that helps us bring value to community relations and law enforcement. Uh, he's, and he's always, and I believe he's also, he, he works as a hog hunter or something. I mean, he's very passionate about yeah, he, he gets those yeah. feral hogs. He, go, he yeah, goes out there yeah. and, you know, those those feral hogs are out of control. They're like a nuisance. So somebody's got to <laughs> kind of take care of some of those. <laughs> he, he said he got he knocked out about 100 last week. I'm like, I don't know how you did that, but I'm proud of you. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but, no, seriously, on a serious note, I mean, I mean, he, he loves his son. He knows uh, DJ's challenges right now and his illness, but he will not allow DJ – to give up and he's not giving up on not only on hope and life, but it's just like it's his spirit. His spirit continues and it, and it just, and it, I think it gives him more energy to continue with that messaging throughout the state of Texas. And I, I forgot to mention, he's about to head out to Memphis uh, starting next week. Oh, okay. Get sworn in too. So yes. So they're pretty much doing a circuit now as right now as we speak, but yes, but as, uh, we, we can't thank him as that for uh, being part of his journey and I'm glad the Dallas Police Department, the city of Dallas, was able to support him, and 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 we're going to support his efforts either way, any way we can, to send that message out. And and we and we are honored to be part of that journey. Oh yeah, I was very honored just to be there for for hosting that thing, and I thought it was so exceptional. And another thing I thought that was exceptional. Again, you put this whole thing together, you and and uh, Officer Quig, Officer Leroy Quig. We're talking with Robert Munoz. He is. Uh, the head of, the manager of the Dallas Police Department Community Engagement Operation. I was so impressed with all these different agencies, 31 different agencies. And you would think, I mean, I know you guys kind of know each other, but North Texas is a very large area. There's over 12 million people in North Mm -hmm. Texas. Can you talk about how good that was to see so many different departments get together? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, I I think everybody has, same, I'm sure we have the same storyline. Uh, there's a young patient or, or, or somebody that they want to support, and you know we continue reaching out to our law enforcement partnership because, like I said, we're 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 in North Texas. Uh, I think in terms of law enforcement, we represent well in terms of pushing our you know good community relations, mm-hmm. uh, and and that's important. We got to you know like I said, we've had incidents. You know we've had a lot of bad incidents in the past, but we got to recover and come back and, and and send the right positive message. Exactly. Um, it's about recognizing yeah. the different things that are wrong and fixing them as opposed to ignoring them. Exactly. Yes, sir. And, 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 thing, and then, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. And, and, and the thing is, it's about being transparent and being honest about, you know, having those conversations. And, and we learn from it. Uh, we're, we're human. You know, we're parents. Uh, that's why I took personally, I took personally an honor to be part of this event with DJ. Uh, I'm a parent, you know. I got two little girls at home that you know rely me, you know, expect me to be home, and and I, I'm sure a lot of it touched a lot of people's hearts. I saw some people crying. I ain't gonna lie to you. We were looking up at the stage. I saw some people that had some tears today. But yes, they, their soul was touched. No question about that. It was very, uh, like I said, it was a very incredible uh, ceremony, and I think some of the tears might have happened when when uh, DJ's dad Theo Daniel was talking about how sometimes when you guys leave your families to go to work, nobody knows if you're going to come home again. Exactly. So again, it's about humanizing the badge and as from a, from a, from a comedian member. And we appreciate that very much. And we need more ambassadors such as like the, uh, 
Teodis, and, and and throughout the city of Dallas, those members. And we had a lot of people that came out from the community that came out today to do, to be part of this uh, event. And and it we want that. We want it that we need to continue building those and fostering those type of relations. That's right. Yeah. Uh, mentioning some of the people who were there and, and speaking included uh, Derek Batie from South Oak Cliff Community. He, uh, of course, went to high school at South Oak Cliff High School, and he and his brother Tony became pros in the NBA. And they presented DJ and his brothers uh, jerseys from the state champion football team from South Oak Cliff. And could you talk about Jerry Rhodes for a second from point two seven? He oh he gave some God. special... He gave some special badges and and a cross to DJ. Can you talk about Jerry Rhodes just for a second? Because that was also moving. I saw a few officers wiping some tears when he made his presentation. Jerry Rhodes, what can I say about him? Um, He's a man of God, too. Uh, He's a seasoned veteran that retired a few years back, uh, over 30 years in the department. Um, He's He's always served the community well even through the faith-based component, through a faith-based uh, organizations. Um, he, still, he still is our, uh, should I say, our ambassador through our retirees. Um, you know, he's experienced some, you know, not him personally lost, but he knows about other kids that we lost throughout, throughout cancer and everything. And he always wanted to give back to the community. And obviously when he got word that we were hosting DJ, he wanted to be part of that so he can send that message out saying, you know what, we're here. As, as a community, as, as former retirees that we're here to serve our community and, and, and be part of DJ's uh, journey. And we can't thank him enough because his message was, yes, uh, you know, he, he's, he's a guy to shout. I mean, we, we can't thank him enough for that. We appreciate his organization. And, and the, the trinkets that he gave him, you know, the, he gave him two trinkets, the beautiful um, challenge coin that had little glitter on it, and it just – um, oh, it was more than glitter. It was those Schwarzky crystals. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't know what it was. I, I, that's why. I oh, let me tell you. Let me tell yeah. you something, Muni. Uh, you say Schwarzky crystals. All the women know the value of those crystals. They're like, <laughs> you can't go to the department store, or jewelry store. Without, oh my goodness, that's bad. Yeah. In fact, I think DJ knew there was something special because immediately he ran over to his dad and said, "Let me give this to my dad to hold. I don't want to lose it." <laughs> That is a good observation. Yeah, I saw him running straight to his dad to drop off the challenge cup because obviously it shows that it had some serious value. So, yeah, so we. Yeah, yeah now you again, mentioned uh, the challenge coin because I've been to the Army Navy game several times and I've also run into different military people and they have challenge coins. Can you talk about a police department or a police officer challenge coin and how that might differ than a military challenge coin? And for those who don't even know what a challenge coin is, what that represents. The challenge coins represents, like I said, I mean, every agency has their own uh, their identifier. Uh, it, it might be your specific agency, uh, including your units. That might be it's a coin, it's like a half dollar, right? Yeah, about the coin. size of a half dollar. Yes, uh huh. And it and it depicts your not only your agency it might be your specific unit, whether it be a gang unit. I'm sure SWAT had theirs, uh, DEA brought theirs, uh, FBI. But those represent uh, just a symbol of, of a law enforcement, a partnership within the law enforcement agencies, and it just it it just it, it, I mean to me it's an honor because to collect those type of coins, it just shows you know like I said we're here as a partnership and we appreciate that um, because I know he got a lot of challenge coins, a lot of patches, and obviously a lot of people brought their patches and certificates. So 
it, it, it's big. It's big volumes about the partnership and and the, and the and the support for little DJ. Yes, sir. It was very impressive. So the swearing-in ceremony itself, which was uh, done by Chief Albert Martinez from Dallas PD, he did a fantastic job. But can you describe and paint the picture? Because everybody stood up. You had over, like I said, over seventy officers there. The whole crowd stood up, and it was a swearing-in ceremony on the stage. And little DJ had his his police uniform on. Can you can you describe the ceremony and what Chief Martinez said? Because I thought it was very impressive. Um, Chief Martinez, I mean, he's uh, you know, he just came back to you recently. He had retired. Then he started working for a Catholic Diocese of Dallas as a security consultant, as a lead security consultant. But he's also a man of faith. Um, he speaks. He speaks from his heart. He speaks about you know God. He speaks about why it's important to have that component in your life about being connected with your faith-based component and your and and your for your family. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the, the man is. I mean, I'm glad he's back, and I'm, I think that was my buy-in to come back. Because again, you know, he just he's he's a man with brings leadership, uh, brings honesty, and, and just brings a lot of credibility back to the department. And, and nothing nothing against the department, but it just he brings a lot of experience, and we appreciate that. But again, he just he has a faith based component to him. He speaks he just speaks heart he speaks from his heart. He does, and we appreciate that. It was very very nice the mass swearing ceremony for uh, DJ Daniel, the newest honorary police officer with the Dallas Police Department. And again, we're talking with we're talking with Robert Munoz. He is Muni to everybody. And you are uh, the manager of the Dallas Police Department Community Engagement Operations Bureau. And again, you guys do so many wonderful things. You and Quig in particular, you're my guys. Can you talk about some of the things that you guys have been doing over the last year and what may be coming up so that people can look, at, look forward to oh. seeing you guys? Because it's so good when People can engage, and it's not like, oh, the police just pulled me over. You're, you're not adversarial. It's like, hey, we're here to help. We're all here to work together. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I, I can't, I can't, I, I can't speak uh, enough about Leroy. I mean, Leroy, like I said, he's he's been in the department for over thirty plus years, but he's always been had that. He's always had that connection with the, with the community. It's not about just having a conversation, then walking away and not coming back. That doesn't show uh, um, validity, should I say? Or you know, you gotta be honest about your messaging. Um, you know, we we believe in the community engagement component because we need to continue, like I said, changing the rhetoric, the messaging. Uh, we just recently had a crime uh, a crime watch uh, meeting uh, last week at Juanita Craft because there's been some some spike in uh, drive-by shootings and everything. So we needed to have that conversation with the community. What do we need to do in terms of bringing not only a, the, the problem but bring the solution and change the, the rhetoric and, and and get those parents involved? Uh, continue creating more uh, crime watch groups uh, because they we need to hear from our community and that's I think that brings a lot of uh, brings a lot of credibility because it's about being transparent and, and and listening to the concerns and I think that's important. We got some major compo- events coming up, uh, Chris. We have. Uh, we have like tomorrow. We're going to be participating on the St. Patty's Parade. Okay. Um, part of the, with Dirk Nowitzki. Yes, and we're we also have our own float. Uh, we're going to have. We're, I'm, we're, I'm part of the superheroes. Yes, we dress up as Batman, Wonder Woman, Flash. We're going to be all dressed. Iron up Man, Spider Man, everybody. Yeah, <laughs> Batman. Everybody. Yeah. So you're going to have all your superheroes out there, and 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 DJ is going to be our honorary Grand Marshal. Where 
honored to have him there. Um, we also have some amazing, amazing events coming up in early April. We're going to do a 5K run at South Oak Cliff High School. Not only a South Oak Cliff uh, 5K run, but we're also going to do like a little community forum and a little mini health and safety fair. That's at SOC. In May, we're going to do a major, major uh, uh, bringing the community back again event. We're going to host a Jock work, Workforce Development Career Day. We're going to bring uh, resume building. Uh, we're going to invite so many employers to hire people on the spot. It's about, like I said, a lot of these kids that we talk to, a lot of parents that we talk to, those are the kinds of, well, a lot of the kids don't have jobs, so we're going to bring that workforce development component to Juanita Craft, and we're going to have a full-blown production on May the 14th. Uh, we're going to have a Kites and Kids uh, event coming up in different parks. We're also hosting next week. We're also hosting um, a, a spring um, spring break basketball, mm-hmm. soccer, and baseball event in, Lake, in West Dallas, East Dallas, and, and South Dallas. So... Our community engagement unit is always on the go. Um, we have some amazing staff personnel that is driven, have the passion for community, and we're staying busy. I mean, it's, that's the thing about it. We're, with the COVID sort of spi- uh, spiking down now, it's allowing us to get back to normalcy, right, Chris? That's what yeah. we want. We want to have that engagement face-to-face. We love the, the virtue. It was okay, but I, it, it brings more value when you have that face-to-face engagement to have that conversation. And it's so great that you guys are engaging because, again, there's something to be said about, okay, there's the police. Uh, oh, my, they just pulled me over. Oh, there's the police. Oh, what, what are they, who are they chasing? Or what are they trying to stop? It's like police are, are people, too. There's an, uh, a bill that uh, Senator Royce West passed not long ago or a couple of years ago about almost every student that's about to graduate needs to take this class about the police interaction traffic stop encounters yes how to conduct yourself mm-hmm. i believe it's senate bill 30 and it's important that they continue because they're going to learn how to engage or in, and talk to law enforcement and, and law enforcement learns how to engage and interact with or, or when they do a traffic stop we're hosting a big major uh citizens police academy in march of 19 we're going to host our courses at the basic academy on redbird and west and cam Weston. These classes are completely free, Chris. Uh, we have an education component that involves different uh, units from our specializing units, such homicide, child abuse, sexual abuse, family violence, because those are hot topics. We need to, we invite our community to apply, take those courses every Saturday. It's going to be on Saturdays for 10 weeks. It's a three-hour course, and but they learn so much about our functions and learn how to connect with your police departments. And that's what it's all about. I mean, it's all about communication and understanding each other, and that's how we work well together. Thank you for joining us, man. All right. Thanks a lot, Chris. Again, we appreciate all your assistance today. You're amazing, man. Thank you. No worries. And we want to thank you for listening to Better Living. I'm Chris Arnold. Be sure to tune in next week as we highlight other organizations and events happening right here in DFW. So long, everybody. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? 
Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.